now listening to the Dynasty Rewind. Welcome back to the Dynasty Rewind, everybody. I'm your host, Michael Bauer, the best in the business. Once again, back in business, joined as always by my faithful co-host, Nate, not the professor today, Christian. Nate, hi. Let's go, Terps. Let's go, Terps. Didn't really help us out. Warren. Didn't really help us out this this weekend against Penn State, unfortunately, but the the principle remains. Let's go, Maryland. Yes. And if you want to hear us recapping the Penn State Maryland game, patreon.com forward slash dinosaur. And now offering a free seven day trial. No Gator, you do not get seven free days (laughs) of the Patreon just because we're giving free trials away. Nice try. Also, on last week's Topic C podcast, which was the Monday release, I asked the question, who is your 2024 rookie sleeper? And Luke LHD49 responded with Caleb Williams. Luke, I don't think you understand the definition of a sleeper, my friend. So let's see you in the Patreon chat. Uh, But I do love the interaction that we get on Spotify. If you listen on Spotify, I'm not pressuring you to. But the cool thing is I put polls up for just about every podcast. I ask questions like this so you can engage with us too. Sometimes I publish them. Sometimes I don't. I do most of the time. Luke, I'm sorry. I'm not publishing your comment because (laughs) I think we know who Caleb Williams is. But again, love the interaction. Love to see you guys there. Um, But let's get into it. So we're doing some more 2024 content. And Nate, today we are doing a little bit of comparing. We're talking 23 rookies versus 24 rookies. So I think this is a good exercise to go back and kind of look and see where we would value these guys. And I think it helps us value both picks and players um, in the future. And I'm just looking back on things we've done. And we're talking about these 23 rookies as they are today, not as how they came into the league. Um, We're looking at how they are right this second versus the players that we already know uh, coming into the league next year. So, you know, obviously we're going to be talking player names here, but this, like Mike said, you know, this helps us value first round picks, second round picks, um, you know, how we want to build out our future draft capital. Cause though we're still in the middle of the season right now, some teams are looking already to next year. And so, you know, the pairings here, we're taking the player, the current NFL player, and what we think that the pick that they could be moved for to get the college player, if that makes sense. Roughly so, similar value. Yeah. The value lines up picks wise, essentially. So let's start it off. Nate, we're going big or going home. Would you rather have Bijan Robinson or Marvin Harrison Jr.? Or we're just, you know, doing a little versus here. So, who would you rather have and why? Let's talk it out a little bit here. Got Bijan in an Arthur Smith offense. Yeah, man, it's been tough. Tough is really the word for it. And then we got Marvin Harrison Jr., who I wish he had a better quarterback at Ohio State. But he's still been productive. He's still been very productive. He's very made productive. Kyle McCord look really good. Well, as good as he can. I, th- I think he's a limited quarterback. I don't think he's an NFL quarterback, to be honest with you. Maybe a backup or something that but we've seen guy who was the the you know dynasty rb1 for a while and a guy who right now is the wide receiver one of the 2024 class so are we going to go with that longevity of the dynasty wide receiver are we going to take what a lot of people feel is a generational talent at the running back position yeah mike i might leave marvin harrison here really 
Really? Oh, the recency bias has got to you, Mike, because it, it, I think the answer here is Bijan Robinson, because I always go back to the same philosophy and principle when looking at you know positions and how I value them. If I don't have one of the top five running backs, who do I have at running back? A, a question mark. Yeah, I get it. And just because I can easier replace the production at wide receiver, and don't get me wrong, I love Marvin Harrison Jr. In fact, I've actually called him many times the Bijan Robinson of wide receivers, um, you know, being one of the top, you know, almost perfect uh, prospects coming out. But Bijan Robinson, look back at Jonathan Taylor's rookie season. You know, the first half of Jonathan Taylor's rookie season, he was behind Marlon Mack. We were yelling at the Indianapolis Colts and whoever their head coach was at the time. I can't remember it right now for some reason. I think and it was Frank Reich at that time. Frank Reich, yeah. And we were why are you not using Jonathan Taylor more? Why is he not as productive? Look where Jonathan Taylor was at the end of that rookie season and where he was the next year. Bijan Robinson, halfway through his rookie year, he's going to be in the Atlanta Falcons for the next five years. I mean, I say that like it's a good thing. It's not. But um, maybe if Arthur Smith decides to actually commit to Bijan Robinson, we can make some progress. I still believe that the upside is there for Bijan Robinson. I'm not ready to quit it just because of a head coach like Arthur Smith who, quite honestly, if the Atlanta Falcons could lose a couple more games, we might be able to get rid of them um, in fantasy football and move on to someone else for that Atlanta Falcons team. Um, but Bijan, at some point, it didn't make sense to put the investment in a Bijan if you're going to use him the way that they're using him. And there's going to be some pressure put on whether or not it's all from the fans or if there's some ownership that gets involved saying, hey, if Arthur Blank comes up over to Arthur Smith and he says, look, we, we spent a, a first-round pick on Bijan and not a, not a late one either. I need you to use him. Arthur Smith's going to either figure out how to use him or he's going to pack his bags. And looking back at Jonathan Taylor's rookie year, week 16 against Jacksonville, this is cool, 30 carries, 253 yards, and two touchdowns. Lacking in the receiving game, one catch for one yard, but still a monster game. And, you know, I get it. And you're saying if you don't have a top five running back, you have none. But the fact of the matter is, you know, when we were going all in this year in startups on Ramondre Stevenson, Jonathan Taylor, Najee Harris, we've been disappointed. And I just feel that the best way to build your roster, because you end up going zero RB anyway at some point in time, you're filling it in with Brian Robinson and whoever the Los Angeles Rams decide is or RB1 that season Give me Marvin Harrison Jr. because I feel like no matter where he goes, it's going to be like putting Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson into your lineup on a weekly basis. Give me that surefire stud. I'll play zero RB with a smile on my face. That's where I'm going. So this we're mixed on this one. Let's see if we agree on the next one. Jackson Smith and Jigba, Bob's boy, loved him, versus Amika Egbuka. So yeah. two Ohio State guys, JSN. Not the start to the season that we expected. I feel like he's coming around a little bit more now. Versus Mika Buka, who I like, but um, I already know where I'm going here. Nate, do you want to talk this one out a little bit for yourself? Yeah, we can talk it out. You know, these are actually uh, somewhat similar players. Um, you know, Helmut Scouting nonetheless. Um, you know, they both play out of the slot more often than not. Um, we've seen JSN actually exclusively in the slot uh, pretty much at the next level. Um, just like he was at Ohio State. Egbuka moves around a little bit more. But, you know, both these guys are used near the line of scrimmage within the first 10 yards from the line of scrimmage before the first down marker. Um, you know, that's where they make their bread and money. And then they have that yak ability that they add on top, uh, both these guys. I'm going to go with Jackson Smith and the Jigba here Same. just because 
as much as I value Mika Buka, he has not been able to have the season that he was probably hoping for. And unfortunately, there's a lot of wide receivers in this draft class coming up that have had great seasons. And Igbuka, I don't think, is set up to have the draft capital that we expected him to have going into the season, to be as high um, in this wide receiver draft class as we expected going into the season. Not saying that he's you know, still not as talented as he was, but he has been leapfrogged by some other players. And I still think Igbuka is going to be a great NFL player, um, but he might not even be a first-round pick at this point. We got a lot of wide receivers that want to be first-round picks. Only so many of them can. Yeah. Exactly. JSN already was one. He was. That's true. And um, the the possibility is Ibuka, he could slip out of the first round. He could. Possible. There's there's a lot of good wide receiver talent coming out this year. This, you know, it's funny too because things always flip. We had said that 2024 was going to be the running back class. Remember? And we said, ah, it might not be that great for wide receivers. Now that script has just been completely, completely flipped around where I'm like, I'm not, I might not even look at running backs in my rookie drafts until the second round next year. I, I just, yeah. right now, I, I, I will say, I, I, I came on this show about two weeks ago and I said, Travion Henderson, what are you doing? You're not the RB1 anymore. You can't get in the field. And when you are, you haven't been good. Step it up and show us you can be the RB1. And Travion Henderson, the last couple of weeks, absolutely has done that. He's been over 100 yards and most, and I think every single game since then, he's been, been pouring it on. So, you know, there, there's some – and I love Jonathan Brooks. i got to throw his name out there again. I love me some Jonathan Brooks, Mike. The only thing I'll say is there are a few teams where if they spend a first-round pick on a running back, I'll pay attention. The Dallas Cowboys are one because I know they're going – unlike the Atlanta Falcons, they're going to utilize that weapon. When they spend a first-round pick, I know that. That is historically if they have done that. So I have no problem believing in them. There's a couple other teams as well. Where I would consider it. Yeah, I don't think any of these running backs are NFL first round picks. No, but I, I just to clarify in case you missed it, I do side with JSN on this one as well. Um, so Bob hates us putting these guys on here because this is really splitting hairs here. Nate, Sam Laporta versus Brock Bowers. We got a guy who is getting Kyle Pitts esque hype in Brock Bowers. I think he might miss the rest of the season with an injury. Sounds like it's possible. Which, you know what, he's already put everything on film that he needs to. I think he yeah. should risk further injury. And we got Sam Laporta. You know, there was a lot of people who were kind of not as on Sam Laporta. I can safely say that we were, we talked about him, we liked him. You actually saw a mock draft where he was pegged going to the Detroit Lions in the second round, which is what happened. We yeah. both thought it would have been a fantastic spot. And we're seeing right now, it is a fantastic spot. So what are we doing here? Are we going with known production? Over a guy who might be a generational talent. <laughs> yeah, Mike, I think this is another instance of I just have to side with the guy I've already seen. Um, I love Brock Bowers, and I think he has all of the ability to be as good as Sam Laporta, if not better. But what Sam Laporta has done so far in his rookie season is historical. And not like anything we've seen before. He's on pace to break the record. And I believe the, the the record of receptions by a rookie tight end, I believe it's 81. I think he's on pace for 91 last time I checked. So what he is doing right now, I can't expect Brock Bowers to come into the league and do even as high of a grade I have on him. You know, coming into the league as a prospect, I can't expect him to do what Sam Laporte has already done as a rookie. So um, 
Sam Laporta, I think Brock Bowers probably has some more upside. I think in an ideal scenario, put them in the same offense. Uh, you know, I think fantasy wise, he has more explosiveness. He has more ability to get down the field and, and just be a weapon than Sam Laporta. But in the current Lions situation, they're using him all over the field. They're getting the ball pretty often. I got to keep Sam Laporta here right now. In fact, you know, Brock Bowers say he's the 106, 107 if you're in a tight end premium league a little bit later. If you're not, uh, you you might be able to trade Sam Laporta for that plus. And that might be the option here to go. So just so you know, the rookie record is 81. That was uh, Eagles tight end Keith Jackson in 1988. Um, Mike Dicka has the most yards on receptions by a rookie tight end, 1,076 in 1961. Crazy, man. And Gronk has uh, the touchdown record, 10, in 2010. Um, but, yeah, I'm also siding with Laporta here. And this is, again, nothing against Brock Bowers, but I'm seeing what's happening. I love what's happening. And right now, you know, again, we were talking about Jake Ferguson in a previous episode. How previous? I can't even talk. How I think he's Dak's number two. I think Sam Laporta is Jared Goff's number two receiver right now. Yeah. Um, it's just not working out. Josh Reynolds has kind of been fluky. Jamison Williams, I'm concerned moving on from him, if I can, anywhere. Um, I like Sam Laporta. I like what he does. I feel like he's just a complete tight end. Not that I'm saying that Brock Bowers isn't. Um, but the fact of the matter is we've seen it. We've seen guys like Brock Bowers. Mike Gusecki come out, didn't work out in Miami, not looking great in um, New England as of yet. And for all we know, Bowers could come out, no relation to me, by the way, and he could take a couple years. Laporta, he's already doing it. In two years, the possibility is he could be the tight end one, and he could, he might not let it go. It's true. You never know. But uh, I'll never let you guys go because I'll be right back after we take a brief pause for a word from our sponsors. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, welcome back, everybody. So let's move on to the next one. We're talking about current Minnesota Vikings wide receiver Jordan Addison, NFL draft prospect from the University of Washington, Rome Adunze. So, Nate, we've got a guy who's a starter now. Justin Jefferson's still out, but the Vikings kind of sort of don't really have a quarterback, however you want to look at it. And we've got size, we've got speed, we've got moves in the open field. Oh, and Adunze can play special teams. What do you think? This is a tough one. This is a really hard one. Um, I'm a really big fan of Roma Dunze. I'm also a really big fan of Jordan Addison. And, uh, I mean, Jordan Addison was in that top tier JSN for me coming into the draft. You know, I I had Jordan Addison very highly rated and was very excited to see him go to a playoff team that needed a wide receiver too. Exactly what happened. And we've seen the production already, um, especially when Kirk was out there, especially when Justin Jefferson was out there and he was able to play that wide receiver two role. Uh, he played it extremely, extremely well. I don't know who the wide receiver is for the Vikings moving not, – not the wide receiver, the quarterback for the Vikings is moving forward Yeah. Uh, after this year. 
you know, it was already a question mark with Kirk Cousins being a free agent, but now you throw the injury into the mix and the question marks get even bigger. I I don't know what I believe moving forward, but also I don't know that with Romo Dunze either. You know, I, I do believe that he's going to get selected by a team that needs him and can use him. And with that probably comes a good situation, probably a better situation than Jordan Addison's if the quarterback of the future is not a solidified one. But once again, Mike, I've seen it with Jordan Addison. I had him so highly rated coming into the draft. Um, it's going to take a lot for Odunze to have quite the same grade as Addison for me. Um, I don't think Odunze is going to be there quite to that level for me as a prospect, as much as I love Odunze. really like Addison. He's in a great scenario still. Even if the quarterback changes, I like the Kevin O'Connell offense. It's a pass-happy offense. It's one that gets the wide receivers open, creates a lot of separation. Still like him being the number two with Justin Jefferson. Give me Jordan Addison. Taking Jordan Addison. I'm taking Roma Dunze. Ah. And I'll tell you why. This is not anything against Jordan Addison. I like Jordan Addison. Again, I like both players. I don't think Jordan Addison is an alpha on a team. I think Roma Dunze can be a team's alpha. Just with the the, the size, the way he can go up and get it. That's fair. Um, I don't think he necessarily needs to be open. You know, like a lot of these wide receivers, A.J. Brown always says it, Tyree Kill always says it, I'm always open. I think Roma Dunze is that type of guy. Not saying that Jordan Addison can't be. And, you know, I guess maybe some people would be burned by guys like Dante Pettis saying never Washington wide receivers. But, hey, we're not supposed to helmet scout here. Roma Dunze, he's just different. He plays special teams, which coaches like, by the way. Um, not that I think he'll be playing special teams in the NFL. But uh, I'm leaning Roma Dunze here. I love what I've seen from this guy so far. So, Nate, let's move on to the next one. Not easy. Puka Nakua versus Malik Neighbors. This one, I'm actually not happy because, I, you know, this is tough. This, this is, tough. is a tough one, especially because I love Puka Nakua. Who doesn't love Puka Nakua at this point? The production was incredible to start the season. It's fallen off a little bit, but I think we can – Pretty specifically say that's because of Matthew Stafford's injury and the offense as a whole falling off rather than a Puka Nakua issue. Carson Wentz time, baby. It's Carson Wentz time. Oh, that doesn't elicit a lot of confidence in me. This might be the first place that I go where I go with the 2024 prospect. I've actually started with the 23 prospect this entire time. Malik Neighbors. I've said on this channel before that Romo Dunes is my wide receiver too. Malik Neighbors. I, I think I had to make them co-wide receiver twos at this point. Um, because what Malik Neighbors has done with LSU has been incredible. Um, his production over there, um, being one of the top in the nation with receiving yards and creating pl plays down the field, he's got great yak ability. He's really been an all-around wide receiver for LSU this year. Um, really incredible. Mike, I think we were watching the game together this weekend against Alabama. A and, bit, yeah. uh, Malik Neighbors and Brian Thomas Jr., the other wide receiver there, their combined stats uh, compared rather favorably to Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase when they had Joe Burrow as their quarterback. Um, as as silly as that graphic was, um, it does show that Malik Neighbors, a top-quality wide receiver. I love Puka Nakua, but with the unknown of the Rams' offense moving forward, especially because Matthew Stafford, he's not been he has not been able to stay healthy for most of his career, and now that he's older, it's impacting him even more. And with that in mind, I think I'm going to, have to go Malik Neighbors because he's going to go to a really good spot, probably in the first half of the first round. Look, 
I'm not going to knock Puka Nakua for what he's done. He just hot right out of the gate. Two games over 100, 100 yards, then 72, then 163, 71, 26, 154. He's cooled off a little bit. Bad quarterback play, 43 and 32. But you want to know something fun about Malik Neighbors? Playing in the SEC, which some people say it's as close to the NFL as you can get. One game, one game under 100 yards this year and that was against auburn where they won by 30 points so they weren't really using him and he still had six catches for 89 yards and a touchdown and only one game this year without a touchdown and that was a loss to mississippi and that's eight catches 102 yards so still over 100 yards old miss i guess right he's been dominant yeah he has been dominant and look i love malik neighbors the fact of the matter is this Puka Nakua will never have something that Malik Neighbors will, and that's draft capital. Again, not to knock Puka Nakua. However, teams are more likely to give up on a fifth-round pick than a first-round pick. We've seen it time and time again. I think Malik Neighbors is a guy that I don't want to pass up on, just like the guy from Missouri that I love so much that I can't even remember his name. Luther Burden. Luther Burden. Put him in, in your brain. Put him in yep. mind too. Um, I'll just start a tracker for him like I did with Ben Urasek. So I remember his name. <laughs> now, this might be the toughest one of the night, Nate. CJ Stroud versus sleeper pick Caleb, Caleb Williams versus Drake May. I mean, we got a guy who just set all sorts of records this past weekend. 470 yards, five touchdowns that victory. Caleb Williams, a lot of people saying the 101. By the way, he says that whatever team drafts him, he wants an ownership stake of. Not going to happen. And uh, Drake May, who's fallen off a little bit compared to last year, but still very highly regarded. What do you... Nate, I... I think I know mine. Sorry for hitting my microphone, everybody. Um, I'm just excited about this. <laughs> but talk us through it, Nate. What do you think here? Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and order them for you. My current rankings of these three guys, Caleb Williams at the top, CJ Stroud, and then Drake May. And my my thought process here is Caleb Williams, at the end of the day, just has the highest highest ceiling and upside of any of these guys. And CJ Stroud, he's a bona fide stud in the passing game right now. But that rushing ability and the off-script ability that Caleb Williams has just – ends up producing more fantasy points. We're playing fantasy football. Caleb Williams has the upside to have these big weeks like CJ Stroud just had. Not saying CJ Stroud does not have those big weeks. He obviously just had one, so he certainly has that ability. But I think we'll see it a bit more consistently with Caleb Williams because he has that rushing ability. And CJ Stroud was one of the first players to record so many fantasy points without 10-plus rushing yards, without a rushing touchdown. It's rare for it to happen. So, I mean, shout out to Stroud for making it happen with his arm to put up that kind of number. But it doesn't usually happen without the rushing ability. With, And that's what Caleb Williams brings to the table. Plus, of course, you know, the expected one-on-one draft capital, hopefully going to a spot where they're going to really build a team around him. Texans have done a good job with that. So that's why I have C.J. Stroud second. Um, you know, what we've seen this past week really solidified him there for me. I love Drake May. I think he has potential to get to a similar place as C.J. Stroud is right now. But once again, I've already seen with Stroud. Give me Stroud. That puts May at third. Nate, C.J. Stroud has one interception this year. It's really impressive. And it took him a while to even get that one. That, 
Yeah, that was uh, against Houston. Or, I'm sorry, against Houston. Sorry. Um, in practice. Yeah, that was against the uh, Saints. That's a good defense. Yeah, it is. And he four and four on the year, which isn't bad, really. Um, he's just been better than advertised. You remember everyone talking about how he can't read defenses, blah, 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 all that stuff. He's more than adequately been able yep. to uh, read defenses. And, you know, on the flip side, Caleb Williams, three interceptions this year. However, they were all came in one game, a loss to Notre Dame, which is a pretty bad loss, but almost but it was by four scores. So Caleb Williams doesn't turn the ball over. He's a generational talent. He's a guy that, uh, you know, we're going to be talking in the same regards as we were talking about Trevor Lawrence when he came out. Hopefully he goes somewhere that's not coached by Urban Meyer. But I agree with you. Um, I'm going Caleb Williams, and then I'm going C.J. Stroud, and then I'm going Drake May. That's not a knock on Drake May. Going up against some good competition here, I like what I've seen from Drake May. Drake May can run too. By the way, people, go check out his his film at UNC. But, Nate, before we move out on out of here, we're obviously looking at and comparing the two classes here. How do we avoid just constantly wanting to re-roll picks into next year when we get excited about a class? Yeah, I think it goes back to the idea of if you already have something, you don't need to go try to get it again and give up what you already have. If you're just trying to get what you already have, it's that, it's that family guy meme where it's like, Oh, I can have a, what was it like a boat or a box? Well, the box could be a boat. You know, you already, if you already have the boat, the mystery box, keep the boat. Okay. It, it goes back to like, in a lot of these situations, I side it with what I've already seen. And that's because we're looking at these players straight up in a vacuum. Now, if, if you're telling me I can get Jordan Addison, I can take him and I can flip him for Romo Dunze, say the 107, 108, and the second round pick. I'm more than willing to entertain that and probably make that move because I'm getting more assets. I'm creating more value. But in a straight up swap, I'm going to side on what I've already seen. I'm going to side on the production at the NFL level. You know, we're always chasing, and we hear the Dynasty Rewind. We like to think that we you know we do a pretty good job scouting these guys. We usually have a good a pretty good feel on these players. Um, a lot of times, like I say in the off season, it's not about who to draft; it's who about who not to draft. And we usually pick out those guys pretty well as well. So you can do a lot of damage with your first round picks, but if you keep pushing the next year, you know one year you might draft a Quentin Johnston, and then you're looking back and you're saying, "Oh, well, I have Quentin Johnston, but it could have had." a wide receiver who I already knew was productive and was going to make waves. And now is a, you know, a top 15 dynasty wide receiver, but yeah, Quentin Johnston, you got to hope for the best. Yeah. Like when you're on the clock, let's say you're at the one Oh nine and you're like, well, if Quentin Johnston's here, somebody wants that pick and they're offering you someone like Christian Kirk, you take that, that production because at the end of the day, even if you're in a rebuild, take Christian Kirk, you throw him in the starting lineup a couple weeks, he's going to get you more than Quentin Johnston's worth. So Yeah. You're right. You want the boat or you want the mystery box that could be a boat. It could be a toy boat too, for all you know. So I agree. And at some point you got to just stop pushing towards next year. You got to make some moves and don't forget sometimes the best way to get better is to sell your best assets because that's what's the most value. So that's going to wrap it up for us. Hey, don't forget seven day trial uh, free uh, Patreon seven day trial. Like I said, we have also lowered our subscription pricing on Spotify. So if you just want the bonus podcast, Multiple podcasts a week that went from six ninety nine to four ninety nine a month. Um, it's, t- it's tough out there, so instead of raising our prices, we're giving you free trials. We're lowering our prices. We you want know, you. 
we want to hang out with you guys. So we're yeah. trying to help you out. So until next time for Nate, I'm Mike. See ya. Thinking about which rookies to target in your fantasy football draft? Look no further than the NFL Mock Draft Database. We are your home for all things NFL Mock Drafts by sourcing experts and analysts from all over the internet. NFL Mock Draft Database also offers users an ever-changing consensus player rankings to keep you informed on the incoming draft class as you build your dynasty team. Think you have what it takes to be a GM in the NFL? Give our free NFL Mock Draft Simulator a spin, which offers many features such as pick trading, historical draft years, and more. Join us at www.nflmockdraftdatabase.com or follow us on X at underscore mock drafts. All right, everyone, that is going to do it for us this week. But if you're headed to a game, make sure you check out SeatGeek.com. It's your one-stop shop for all things live events. It offers the best price available. Use the promo code DYNASTYREWIND. You'll get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Don't forget, if you want to play some best ball, head on over to Underdog. It's the easiest buy-in in fantasy football. And it's not having to worry about setting your lineups, man. That's what it's all about. So again, underdog.com. Use the promo code rewind, a 100% match on your first deposit up to $100. Visit our store over at payhip.com forward slash dynasty rewind. That's where you find our roster reviews. That's where you find all of our manuals, everything like that. Head on over there now. Grab some merch at spreadshop.com. Link is down below. And we want to see you in our community. And that is patreon.com forward slash dynasty rewind. But Till next time, everybody, for my faithful co-hosts, Chev Nooney and Nate Christian, I'm your host, Michael Bauer. Be kind, please rewind. Thank you for listening.